Welcome to episode number four of Real Live Conversations. So glad to have you on board. And um, we are going to be talking about worship. It is such a small subject, not. Um, worship, we're going to be, actually, I'll edit this out because I'm just now starting to ramble. <laughs> Let me try it again. <laughs> Welcome to episode four of Real Life Conversations. Thank you so much for joining us today and for the month of July and August. We are going to be having real life conversations over the subject of worship, why we worship, what is worship and how we worship. And I cannot think of a better guest on today's podcast to start this conversation than my brother from a different mother, uh, Brett Rush, all the way in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. By the way, those listening, it's not Lancaster, it's Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Brett, we have known each other since 2002. I want to welcome Brett Rush, to our podcast. How are you, brother? I am wonderful, Phil. It's an honor to be here. And I can't believe we've been friends for 20 years. Well, 21 well, years. What do you mean by that? I can't uh, believe we've been <laughs> friends. No, brother, you've seen me in the highs and lows, and you have been such a dear friend, your wife, Dawn, and yes. you have two boys, uh, two Jonathan boys. and Jonathan. Jordan. Yep. And both now are married off, huh? How about it? How would you do that? <laughs> I have no idea. By the grace of God. Both we are, are in ministry real. in some form or fashion. Yeah, they both serve the church. Dawn and I's hearts are, are full. They both still love us and they both still love the church. So we feel like that's a win. <laughs> hey, that's a gospel-centered family right there, brother. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, talking to you as well, um, you know, I know that your heart was to raise your boys to where they didn't resent the church. Exactly. Just think about the legacy that you and Dawn, not perfect, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, you've been able to live that out, that goal. Uh, just for our listeners, um, I uh, started performing at a theater called Sight and Sound in Strasburg, Pennsylvania. And uh, my passion was worship and still is worship. And so I wanted to find a church that valued that and uh, that really uh, worshiped with their whole heart. And I found a, a little, little church right next to a little outlet mall of, uh, I think it was Dollar General, wasn't it? That's right. And uh, it was in Quarryville, Pennsylvania, and it was called Shiloh Tabernacle. That's and right. uh, Brett, could you just even give a little bit of history of how that came to be and why why did you start a church as a the short version is you know i surrendered to the call to ministry i spent one year at penn state university as an engineering major and just felt the call of god on my life so one way to bible college i was working with my cousin in the church down in north carolina that's where i finished up my degree that's where i met my wife and through lots of prayer and seeking wisdom and counsel down there with them it just it just felt right to come back home to my hometown and start a church, give me the opportunity to teach, to teach the word 
and to build relationships. And the interesting thing is in this conversation, we're talking about worship is I didn't even play guitar at that point. Yeah, that's right. uh, I, I grew up, I grew up uh, in the Baptist church singing Southern gospel music for most of my formative years. Still love that kind of music. Yeah. I love so, uh, some of my favorite memories of oh. singing quartet music with your brother. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So that's how we ended up back here planning the church and Shiloh Tabernacle was the name of the church that I was working in, in North Carolina with my cousin, who was the pastor. And they helped us launch. Yeah. So we kind of just sort of uh, took that name on in honor of them. And it's changed over the years. My wife and I are going into now our 26th year of Christian ministry as pastors. Praise the Lord for that. I know it hasn't been easy. (laughs) Yeah. Well, as ministry. Yeah. And you've been, you know, it's, it's amazing to me. I I just want to thank you for your, your shepherding and your, um, pastorship to me. Um, Mm -hmm. I knew I was called into, uh, ministry. Um, and, uh, I shared that with you right away. And little did I know you were just really reflecting to me what it looked like when I was going to enter into ministry. And now that I'm a, a pastor and lead pastor, you've just been a mentor of, um, of, of, of understanding. Cause I think it, it, it is hard to understand yeah. someone's life, especially owning a company or leading a business and leading a church until you've walked those shoes. Right. And so I just really appreciate uh, your mentorship and your yeah. friendship of what you've meant to me. So enough well, about me. Well, it's been, an, I want to say it's been an honor and it's been, it's been an honor to have front row seat to watch God do what he's done in your life. Thanks. Super proud, super proud of you. Thank you. Um, so let's, let's go back to you starting a church and, uh, God starting to place a heart of worship inside of you. But one thing I remembered, you were sharing your testimony and you shared how you kind of started out with maybe the wrong motivation. Uh, you had a, a discontent of how the church was, and how yeah. different denominations were leading. And so yeah. Yeah. you kind of went into it um, kind of with an agenda to do it yeah. right, right? Exactly. I, I had to I had to confess there was a little bit of a rebellious spirit yeah. <laughs> from the jump. And God worked all that out, softened my heart. We've been through all of that. And uh, the, the beautiful thing was I, I like to frame it from even the name of our church, Charlotte Tabernacle ties into this idea of worship because yeah. that's what the tabernacle is all about. Amen. And, in, and in, in study in college at Bible college, when I started unpacking that, that's when I really began the journey of a heart of worship and chasing after what it really meant to worship God. Oh man, that's a whole other podcast in itself. <laughs> sure uh, but, uh, you know, I've done several messages on it in a creative way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for our listeners, if that uh, kind of uh, strikes you and you've never really looked into the blueprint of right. the tabernacle, I mean, you look mm-hmm. at the Old Testament. I, I always tell people who have a hard time understanding the Old Testament, and I tell them it literally is an earthly model of a spiritual design. Yeah. Right. You you look at all the different cultural things in the Bible of why they, they did things, marriage, family, all of that creation. Uh, 
It all mm-hmm. ties into a divine principle or a heavenly design. And so listeners, check out in Exodus, check out uh, how God wanted and, and, and ordered Moses to construct, design, and build um, the tabernacle because it now that the spirit of God lives inside of each of us, we exactly. are called the living tabernacle. Yes. And Long so, story short. Yeah. Now, so, we're the, now we're the temple. Yeah. And so a lot of times people say, well, I don't know how to worship. Well, go back and look what God ordered the layout of the temple to be. Yeah, exactly. So it's, yeah. I Anything, uh, anything you want to say on that? Uh, well, like you said, that could be a whole series of podcasts <laughs> unpacking yeah. the tabernacle but it but it is it is there for us the blueprint is laid out for us we don't have to wonder you know and that's the journey like i've just so much enjoyed unpacking the word of god over the years when it comes to this idea of praise and worship mm-hmm. uh, because he doesn't leave he doesn't he doesn't leave it f- for us to figure out on our own yeah. you know you can unpack the original language that god breathed into the writers of the word and he says this is how i want you to worship this is how i want you to praise my name yeah so you know it's been a wonderful right right now at elevation community church probably probably most of our listeners uh so far are from elevation community church in blanchester Mm -hmm. ohio uh Mm -hmm. we are starting a series this sunday um on what is worship we just did three weeks of why we worship and now we're looking at what is worship and yes. I think many are going to be surprised that worship is very different than the word praise. We say praise and worship. Correct. Worship goes alongside with praise, yep. um, but it's not the same thing. And Correct. so worship is all about our hearts, our posture, our mind, our motivation, uh, mm-hmm. our identity. And so... Um, I know a, a a passage you teach from often is Romans 12, uh, yeah. one through two, which Absolutely. actually says, uh, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy yeah. and acceptable to God, which is, let's say it together, your spiritual act, act of, of worship. worship. <laughs> Can you talk yep. a little bit about that? What what do yeah. we get from that when it comes to worship? Uh, that's that's beginning to recognize that worship transcends this whole idea of praise and worship. Mm. You know, we, we say praise and worship, and it's almost become a genre of music. And it couldn't be further from that. It's not a genre of music. It's not you know, even genre, music. No, it's not even music. You know, genres of music are, you know, country, gospel, R&B, you know, and you can praise and worship through any of that music. And that avenue of worship or music, yeah. but but worship takes takes on a life of its own outside the four walls of the church. That's how I like to to frame it and teach people. Like we come together on a Sunday morning, just like you do at elevation, and we lift up the name of Jesus high above all things, and we call that praise and worship. I have no I have no problem calling it praise and worship, but it's. The heart, the heart of worship is going to be captured in the life we live outside of those four walls. So are you saying that people could actually go to church and sing the songs 
and literally not even enter into a lick of worship? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think I think way too many people do that, Phil, and, and we can be guilty of that. We can drive down the road and we can look at church signs and they say worship service, 10 a.m. You know, well, how much worship is really going on in there? <laughs> so, you know, that's where we got to check our hearts and recognize, you know, and you're doing you're doing that right now as a church. You're talking about why we worship, what is worship, you know, all of those things. And these are things that we need to teach and we need to help people understand. Go on the journey together. Yeah. Equip each other. Yeah. Um. So you have led worship for a long time, especially uh, uh, shallow being a smaller church. You were kind of the, uh, oh man, you were the the pastor, you were the worship leader, you were yeah. the greeter. Yeah. And yeah. then of I course you're jan- the catch I was the janitor. I was <laughs> the catch all. <laughs> yeah. That's what you do. That's what you do when you plan a church. You were also the uh, president of the, the uh, complaint com- committee. Where all the complaints went to, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, but uh, anyways, um, I got, I uh, I tell you what, some of my greatest and fondest uh, memories of worship, yeah, were within our little shallow tabernacle team, and uh, you we'll talk about it in a minute. But you started writing. Right around a 2003-ish, maybe? 2002, 2003 It's still crazy. You picked up a guitar, and I think within a couple months, you were writing songs. Yeah, it was very very strange. But from our time together and even your time now as worship leader, if you could share a message or a word of encouragement or even prompting to people who go to church and worship, Mm -hmm. what would you tell them from a leader perspective? Wow. I mean, what a question. That's a great question, Phil. Um, And I try to do it uh, every single week when I get to lead, when I have the opportunity to lead worship. Yeah. Um, I heard it said, and I honestly can't remember who, who I heard say this years ago. I like the term lead worshiper mm-hmm. over the term worship leader, mm-hmm. um, you know, because I know I, when I get to stand and worship God, that's my first role. And everyone in the room has that opportunity. So I just, I, every chance I get, I'm encouraging people. Look, we are standing in this place right now and we are lifting and, and when you say lead worshiper in the context you asked me this question, we are in corporate setting, the body of Christ right. being encouraged, being edified and, and lifting up Jesus high above all things. See, to me, you've got to get to that place where he's exalted above all the other things that's going on in your mind and in your heart and in your life, put him at the top. And that's where you're going to focus and worship. That's I mean, that's where it'll start for most people. So really, we're from a leader perspective, what I hear you saying is what you exalt, what you place at the highest uh, point of your life. Uh, we call it Absolutely. worth-ship. Have you heard that before? Worth-ship. What yes. you give the highest worth is what you worship. What you yep. worship is who you follow. Who you Absolutely. follow is who you become. Exactly. Mic drop. <laughs> exactly. Right there. You said it all right there. What else is yep. there to say? Yeah, all of us. We the the bottom line is you were made for it. 
the, the question is not um, if I worship. The question is, what are you worshiping? Mm-hmm. All of us worship, just yep. like you said. And, yep. and in our culture today, you can see what things are worshiped above all the other things. You know, on a Sunday morning, the football stadium is packed with 60,000 people. And some churches are having a hard time keeping their doors open. That kind of reveals the heart of worship. What are we worshiping? So, and, and that's, you know, I know that's unpacking a whole, <laughs> uh, unpacking a lot there, but it's true. And it needs to be said. Um, the yeah. body of Christ is God's secret weapon on planet Earth. And one of our most powerful weapons at our disposal is our praise and worship. And so let me ask you this, going back to Romans 12, one through two. Yeah. Let's take, let's even take music out of the church for a minute. Mm -hmm. If that is our most powerful weapon, what does that look like on a corporate individual basis? If we say that's our most powerful weapon, and Romans 12, one through two is, I, I think, personally, is one of the most powerful messages about worship. Absolutely. Well, and, how would we I, unpack that? Yeah. And I also I do want to clarify, it's one of our most powerful weapons. Yeah. Not the most powerful. The most, weapon. Right. Um, you know, that would be the word of God. And one of the most powerful weapons we have is our praise and our worship. And it's revealed. It reveals itself throughout Scripture. Um, you know, one of my favorite passages of scripture, Phil, and you'll re- probably remember this, is in Second Chronicles chapter 20. <laughs> you know, Jehoshaphat, baby. That's right, Jehoshaphat. Come on. When the, when the enemy was coming at him, you know, his first inclination was, God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes, our are, eyes on are on you. Fixing our eyes on you, just like we're just like we're taught in Hebrews, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Hebrews so we 12. fix our eyes on you. So he sought the Lord first, and the Lord instructed him in this battle. The first thing you need to do is send out the choir. So even in that story there in Second Chronicles chapter 20, if you've never read it, open it up, read it. It's one of the most encouraging stories in the Old Testament for, from my lens. Because he sent out the choir, and they worshipped, and God showed up. They sang God's... Um, God. <laughs> my mind just went blank, Phil. I'll add it. Um, um, no, that's okay. But what, what what he what they sang as they as they went out and led the armies because it's it's a quite a bold you know military strategy to send out your choir uh, <laughs> ahead of the army. And, uh, but that's just one example. You can even pull out from the New Testament example of the power of praise and worship. And Paul and Silas were were in shackles in prison, you know, and then around the midnight hour they started singing. And worshiping and the chains fell off the earth the prison doors flung open you know and there right there not only was power the power of praise and worship evident but uh, it's also a powerful tool of evangelism because you remember the guard that was charged with keeping paul and silas in the prison was he came and said oh no i'm in big trouble drew yeah. his sword to take his own life and paul and silas like yo no we're still here you know so now all of a sudden he gets the opportunity to share the gospel with this guy so man praise and worship is is such a powerful tool for the life of a believer. And yeah. with what you're saying too, it makes me re- uh, remember a quote I read, and I'm probably going to butcher it, but when you can't feel God and when you can't see it, you know, experience his presence, start worshiping 
Right. And it will shift the atmosphere of your life. And look right. at Paul and Silas. Yeah. That's exactly what they did. Yeah. Going back to uh, Jehoshaphat in Second Chronicles 20, I think it's interesting. When uh, they went into battle worshiping, it wasn't, oh, God, we need you. Right. It wasn't, oh, God, help us. We're dead without you. It actually was in verse 21. Give, give thanks to thanks. the Lord. Yeah, there it is. For his faithful, his faithful love endures, endures forever. Forever. <laughs> there it is. Yep. So worshiping God yep. is giving him praise, responding to his greatness because of who he is. Exactly. Not what we're facing. Exactly. Whew. Yep. That's worship. That is worship. And I believe worship can reveal itself in the life of a believer by seeking his face, not just his hand, you know, not just, you know, it's, it's, it's man. There's so, and, and I like what you said. We're, we're a feelings based culture and society today, Mm -hmm. obviously. And man, we say it all the time around here at victory choices lead feelings follow Mm. because you're not always going to feel like it. Say that again, Brett. Choices lead feelings follow. You know, and you've got to apply that principle when it comes to worship in your life, because you're not always going to feel like it. You know it too, Phil. Even as a pastor, there are Sundays where it rolls around. I mean, do I really feel like standing up right now and singing? Yeah. No, I had a very difficult week, and but we got worthy. this bad news. Or, yeah, but he's worthy, so I have to make the choice right there in that moment. I'm going to choose to say, I'm going to give thanks to the Lord. For he is good and his faithful love endures forever. Mm. And when you do that, the feeling will follow. So that that's a huge part, of, in my opinion, of worship. Choices lead feelings. I have to make the choice that he's worthy of mm. praise, no matter what the circumstance. And that's called a sacrifice of worship. Exactly. And Romans 12 says, which is a sacrifice. A sacrifice of praise. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. it, man. Wow. Hey, um, so you you've been writing songs for over over twenty About twenty years. Twenty years. Wow. Yeah. And um, I tell you what, I, I've told you this time and time again. I I believe it with all my heart. I don't understand why your songs are not gaining traction. And so I always tell people about your albums. Uh, you can uh, look up Brett Rush on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna give you guys a treat at the end of this podcast. We're gonna play, I think, my favorite song uh, oh. that uh, honestly uh, I got to hear it before anybody else because uh, you, you were writing it and you said, "Hey, dude, I got yeah. this song, and I I, I just want to know." Um, is, is is this is this okay to keep pursuing and oh my gosh we've played it at elevation community church for years oh, thank you. worship and uh so we'll get to that in just a minute so listeners stay tuned yeah. uh but brett from your experience in writing worship music from a worship writer what have you learned maybe what are What's something that you've learned through writing worship music that you haven't learned any other way? Personally, the the hardest lesson I've learned is on the journey. I'm a worshiper. So 
I'm writing for an audience of one. And we've all heard that phrase before, an audience of one. So it's recognizing that many, if not all of my songs, they're for him. You know, mm -hmm. and I appreciate there what you said a minute ago about some of my songs and, you know, and that we've had a little bit of radio success years back when we first started, you know, and got to do some pretty incredible things because of the music ministry that God allowed us to do. Um, but it's, it's still first and foremost, because one of the questions I'm asked over the years, Phil, is, um, you know, by young, inspiring you know, artists that want to do, you know, I want to write and perform and do music. You know, they always have all those questions, you know, and I, I said, I, I, I always say, I wish I had the answer for you. Um, but, but I don't because the, if, if you're writing, especially worship music for any other reason, other than you want to worship God, you know, uh, that's where, you know, we got to check our heart because that's where I was. And that's what the journey God has still has me on. Um, we, I don't have on time. We don't have time to unpack the whole journey, but with what you said, like wash me away. The song you're referencing here was one of the first songs I've ever written. And it was birthed out of a difficult season to where I was just praying. Yeah. And, you know, it became a song. And you, I think you were one of the first per people that I even did say something to. I'm like, hey, am I crazy here? Or is this a song that we can share with other people? <laughs> yeah. Mm. And that's how the journey started for me. To this day, people get frustrated when I say I don't consider myself a quote unquote musician or songwriter in the terms of songwriter that does that for a living. You know, there are right. people, you know, my journey, I've met people in Nashville. They're they are songwriters. That's what they do. Um, I ascribe myself as the a, a lead worshiper, you know, and sometimes I write, you know, songs that come out of my worship. <laughs> so, you know, and it, you know, and I don't mean to say that in a way that frustrates people who would like to play and write and sing music who can't. Um, I'm just from the seat I sit in and from my experience over the past 20 years, that's just where I'm at. Yeah. I'm still on the journey of you'll never exhaust this one we're worshiping. Mm. <laughs> you'll never exhaust it. It's, you know, you will write, we can write a gabillion songs about this creator God who loves us unconditionally and sent his only son to die for us. And then you'll turn around and you'll write another billion songs because he's worthy. You know, that's kind of like uh, John, the beloved who even says the accounts, if we were to write everything of the I, accounts while Jesus was on earth. Yeah. It, you couldn't, you, you just couldn't. No, no there can't contain it. Right. Yeah. You know, so, you know, that's the journey we're on. I love the fact that we have great books on worship and, what is worship and how do we worship and who's worthy? He's worthy of our worship. Keep them coming because you'll never exhaust it. You'll never exhaust this topic of worshiping <laughs> the infinite creator, God, Yahweh. <laughs> so let me uh, just totally off the cuff. Um, didn't prepare you for this question at all, but let's just be real. What we're facing here in America, most people, 
who are listening to this podcast are from the United States mm-hmm. of America. We, you just turn on the news, you turn on your phone apps, you turn on social media, and uh, all hell is breaking loose. Yeah, people are panicking. Um, everyone's responding in their own way. And uh, I truly believe that the only hope for our country, of course, is Jesus, but it's the church. Absolutely. And if we're going to raise a standard and see breakthrough and see mm-hmm. God turn this around, not only through the church, but the church genuinely worshiping, mm-hmm. what would you say on uh what would you say in regards to people who are listening to challenge them that their response to the things going on in our world makes a difference and their response is to worship? What, what would you say to that? I would say yes and amen, because <laughs> that's what our response should be. We are, I agree hundred percent. We are seeing you it's hard i mean you can't even believe some of it like it doesn't seem like it's just it's unbelievable it's beyond our understanding what's happening in our culture and even around the world and i agree with you 100 percent. the body of christ the church the big c church is god's secret weapon on planet earth and i want to remind all of us if you're listening right now i want to remind you part of if you have placed your faith and trust in jesus you are part of the body of christ the big c church no matter what label you carry if it's whatever denomination it is you know we're not even going to go it's the body of christ that's right and let me remind you what jesus said when the disciples asked him hey who do people jesus said to his disciples who do people say i am you know, and Peter and some of the disciples chiming back with all these different answers. And finally, Peter said, you're the Messiah. And Jesus's response was, that's exactly right. And the gate and, and, and upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We need to we need to kind of put to rest this notion that the church is in trouble. Mm. The, the church may be a little comfortable right now. But Jesus said, I will build my church. I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So to answer your question in response to what's going on right now, people need to get their eyes off of social media, the news, all of the nonsense that's going on that's consuming their life. And then they need to go back the first thing we talked about, and we need to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Mm-hmm. That's how we're going to make a difference. Because when you fix your eyes on Jesus, and you, and that's when you realize and you begin to see his worship, like you talked about. Mm-hmm. And you understand he's worthy of our worship. That's going to create breakthrough it's going to create revival whatever you want to call it however you want to frame it that's going to what's really going to make the difference the church is so consumed with what's happening come on 
with what's happening all around them, that they're, they seem to have forgotten what has happened and what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's where our faith is. Our hope yeah. is in what's coming. Our hope is in the soon coming king. Yeah. He's the one we're worshiping. And what has happened is he's already taken care of. <laughs> yeah. Did that on the cross. Yeah. So that's when, man, when we can get there as, as a church, man, genuine worship is going to break out. And genuine worship is going to lead to breakthrough. Yeah, because that's where God shows up, right? Exactly. He inhabits the word of God itself declares he inhabits the praises of his people. Mm. You just it can't you can't help it. It's going to happen. So what's it going to look like? I don't know. Don't don't try to label what it's going to look like. It looks different everywhere. Every time God shows up somewhere, it looks different. And then everyone wants to try to duplicate what God did over here. That's right. That's Just worship right. him. Just worship Just him. Just enter in, man. Yeah. He's worthy. Uh, well, Brett, uh, we are uh, going to wrap up our our episode four on our conversation of worship. Uh, is there anything else that's on your heart that you kind of want to end with, if not? Well, I can enter, I can just say briefly here. One of the things that, that helped has helped me my entire, you know, Christian life for the last twenty years is the song you're about to share, because it was a prayer, it's a simple prayer, and it's a prayer. Believe it or not, Phil, I pray. I still pray every single day. Hmm. More of you and less of me. Wash me. You know? So if you can, if you get up before your feet hit the ground. More of you, Jesus, less of me. It was the prayer of John the Baptist, man. He says, may I decrease so that he, Jesus, may increase. And when Jesus increases, that's worship. Because he's the one that's exalted. And God said, when my son is raised up, I will draw all eyes to him. That's that's high lifted up. Yep, so listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, uh, don't leave now. Uh, we're going to play uh, the song Wash Me Away in just a moment. But uh, if you have any questions about today's podcast or about faith in Jesus, mm-hmm. if you have any prayer requests, would you please email real life conversations at myelevationcc.org. Again, that's real life conversations at my C. Shoot. <laughs> Let me try that again. That's real life conversations at myelevationcc.org. God bless you. And now let this worship song wash over you called Wash Me Away by Brett Rush. Done, brother. That was great, dude. It was fun. It was. It was. It's hard to get 